If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. I've been searching high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. So I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. But you need to eat five or more ordinary dark chocolate bars every day to match the flavanols consumed in most of these studies. Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Cocoa Powder and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today, we're going to talk about uh, an extraordinary physician, uh, the late Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. Uh, our guest today is uh, the author, Mary Swander, uh, who has just written a wonderful biography of Dr. Gonzalez. It's entitled The Maverick MD, and I can't think of a more appropriate title because uh, he truly was uh, a maverick physician. Uh, I knew him personally. Uh, I can't say that I was a close personal friend because um, he was a relatively solitary individual. Not that he was a recluse, uh, but he was very, very devoted to his work uh, and to his uh, uh, wife and family. And um, uh, he was also a co-resident with me here in New York City, uh, Nick and I started around the same time. Uh, we often had conversations about how we had a similar background, uh, that we majored in liberal arts, uh, but that we ultimately uh, went back and took a lot of science courses and fell in love with medicine. Uh, our paths diverged because uh, I practice uh, sort of general practice of uh, complementary and alternative medicine with a nutritional influence. Uh, he, however, uh, took a deep dive into cancer. He became uh, focused on the problem of cancer and uh, achieved some incredible breakthroughs before his uh, untimely death a couple of years ago. Uh, this book, The Maverick, MD, uh, really sums up uh, his life and is uh, a wonderful tribute to Dr. Gonzalez. So today's guest, Mary Swander, is the co-founder and executive director of Ag Arts. It's a nonprofit designed to imagine and promote healthy food systems through the arts. What a worthy project. Uh, her uh, books include Driving the Body Back, Out of This World, and The Desert Pilgrim. She's published in such places as The Nation, The New York Times Magazine, The New Republic, and Poetry Magazine. She's a wonderful writer. Uh, I found the sample chapters that I read uh, very, very uh, enjoyable. Uh, so without further ado, uh, here's Mary Swander. Thanks for joining us today, Mary. Oh, thanks for having me. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it's my pleasure. So how is it that you got involved uh, with this project? Well, I was a patient of Dr. Gonzalez's for 20 years. And so I went to um, New York 
twice a year, every six months was the routine. And um, I felt that, uh, you know, over 40 visits with an hour's visit at a time, you get to know your doctor pretty well. And I was always just fascinated by the program and how Dr. Gonzalez put it together. It took a real genius to, you know, put all the moving parts together. And so, you know, when he died, uh, we were all just rocked on our heels. And I, you know, a few months later, I thought, you know, someone should write a biography about this and explain and show people what he did and how it all uh, evolved and then was essentially cut short. So I um, queried, I pitched uh, the idea to his widow, uh, Mary Beth Gonzalez. And, um, you know, it took her a little while to sift and sort it out. And of course, she had, uh, you know, anybody that's gone through the death of a spouse knows how hard that is. And finally, but though she got back to me and said, you know, I'd like you to write this book. So I was I was thrilled to have the assignment. Indeed. And uh, you did a marvelous job summarizing uh, uh, both his uh, medical approach, but also, you know, applying a personal touch, you know, talking about him as a an individual. And he was an extraordinary individual. Uh, he, <laughs> he, was, he was just very, very right. scholarly. You know, I just... Um, I know so few people in my circle who are as uh, dedicated and scholarly as he is. And, you know, certainly, you know, I fit the bill, but uh, I think I can't hold a candle to the intensity that he brought to uh, his investigations. And also the the extreme originality of his work, because, you know, it's one thing to be a holistic physician and, you know, to uh, attend courses and lectures and sort of uh, assemble the collective wisdom of uh, complementary medicine. Uh, but he blazed new trails. Uh, he, he was did. an iconoclast, not just from the standpoint of conventional medicine, but also from alternative medicine. He didn't accept some of the verities of uh, alternative medicine. So when you looked at the supplement programs he recommended, you'd see some a few recognizable things, but just some very unique things. That's That's right. That's what fascinated me about him, you know, from the very beginning. I thought, wait a minute here. How did this man who was a journalist, mm-hmm. you know, go from that to a very, I well, he had an Ivy League education all the way. And, you know, and he went to Cornell and his ambition was to do cancer research at Sloan Kettering. First of all, that's a pretty radical <laughs> jump off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And then how did he, you know, with a classical conventional education in medicine like that, then how did he end up, as you say, not just a holistic integrative physician, but somebody who made, you know, huge breakthroughs in what he didn't, he didn't consider it essentially alternative, and he didn't consider it conventional. Mm -hmm. He just felt like he was on his own path. He was just looking for answers. I mean, that was that, the thing. No, that's is, exactly he, right. He, he wasn't necessarily saying, oh, you know, I reject conventional medicine. Uh, Not in at fact, all. he really sought uh, acceptance by the conventional medicine uh, community. Uh, but his eyes were open to some very, very uh, remarkable techniques. Uh, can you talk right. a little bit about his experience with uh, Dr. Uh, William Donald Kelly? Because that was a, that's been a, that was a very interesting episode in Dr. Gonzalez's life. That was a turning point for, um, Dr. Gonzalez, and 
he was a medical student at the time, as I say, at Cornell and doing the conventional thing. And a colleague that he'd known from uh, his journalism days called him up and just said, I've got this dentist in my office and I can't figure out if he is absolutely brilliant or he's crazy as a loon. And but he, you know, is claiming that he's made a breakthrough in treating cancer and he says he's cured up his own um, pancreatic cancer. Could you just come over and tell me if this guy's for real or not and if we should write a book about him? And Dr. Gonzalez was like, I don't have time for any kind of lunatic uh, dentist. No, forget it. I'm not going there. And so she kept calling him back and finally he said, all right, I'll hop on the subway and I'll get him someplace where I can, that's accessible. And he was just really negative about this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, he came to it with a spirit of skepticism. And, you know, oh, sort of, completely, yeah. completely. Yeah. And William Kelly had treated Steve McQueen. And there had been a huge brouhaha about mm-hmm. that. I'd remembered this in the press. And um, he was basically hounded uh, by the press. And he just, <laughs> he was living in Washington State at the time. And he just got on a train, basically, to go through the Canadian Rocky Mountains and then see where he landed. And he landed in New York. So Dr. Gonzalez said, okay, I'll meet with him for half an hour. And he said that after 20 minutes, he realized that this man was brilliant and completely, again, unconventional, going at things completely different from the conventional, um, you know, slant. But Dr. Gonzalez, see, that's, I, I kept asking, why was he receptive to this? Why didn't he just, you know, keep blowing him off? Dr. Gonzalez, uh, during his journalism days, as you said, he was a true scholar, and he read like a book a day. Mm-hmm. And he he read uh, widely, but he, he also loved um, to read about ecology and the ecosystem and how things fit together in terms of animals and plants and humans and um, how systems work together. You know, it wasn't just like, okay, so here's a symptom you know, let's tamp it down. Let's mm-hmm. give it a fill. Mm-hmm. He, he thought that, you know, these He's really looking have, at fundamental causes. That uh, Absolutely. And here he found somebody who had a key to uh, the mystery of the human body in terms of systems. And so <laughs> he, you know, spent a few hours with him. And then he went back to Sloan Kettering uh, to his mentor, uh, Dr. Good, and he said, you know, I, I, I just spent Who's time a conventional oncologist. You know, oh, like completely. A, 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 Very one of the well really top guys at Memorial Sloan Kettering in the belly right. of the beast. Yeah. Exactly. And he said, I just met this dentist, and he's extremely eccentric, but I really think he's on to something, but I have no proof because I haven't seen any of his patients or any of his records. And Dr. Good had the foresight to say, well, you know, you always learn things through your own research. And so why don't you get on a plane and go down there to, he was living in Dallas-Fort Worth area, Grapevine, Texas, and, you know, spend a few weeks and see what you can find. So, So Dr. Gonzalez left the very next day 
and went to Grapevine, Texas, and just poured himself into this, uh, you know, research um, job and went over file after file after file and sat in um, with um, Dr. Kelly uh, with his patients. And then that turned into really about a five-year research project where he would go back and um, go back to Dr. Good, bring um, charts and files and records back. They'd go over them together. He would go back and finish up his classes at Cornell and then go off and once again, study with Dr. Kelly. He was with him a whole semester at one you point. See, for a lot of medical students, it would be just enough to just like sit through classes and pass your exams. But, <laughs> you know, for, for on Gonzalez, this was like, okay, kind of in the background while he was pursuing this fascinating uh, project, right? Right. Now, there is one big what thing I discovered, motivating factor, and that is that while Dr. Gonzalez was at Sloan Kettering, his own father, who they had a very close relationship, uh, had came down with um, cancer, mm. uh, esophagus, cancer mm. esophagus. And Nick Gonzalez, as a very young medical student, had to stand by his father's hospital bed and watch him die helplessly, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he was he was driven. He announced to different friends that he was going to find a cure for cancer in his life. So he had that, you know, he had that goal in front of him at all times. You know, and lots of times that happens with people that make discoveries. They have a personal Mm -hmm. passion or cause behind it. Mm -hmm. Now, so the interesting thing about Kelly uh, is, you know, you you talk to, holistic doctors and you know some of them are vegetarians or vegans and some of them are you know keto carnivores and they all have their favorite uh, diet and it sort of you know spans the spectrum from you know uh, macrobiotic to uh, you know meat-based diet Uh, what was interesting about Kelly's method and the method that ultimately Gonzalez adopted was it was about metabolic typing it was about different strokes for different folks and there was a way to analyze people uh, to uh, link them to the right kind of diet. And actually, I actually experienced that myself because for a while I was a patient of Dr. Gonzalez, you know, yeah. full disclosure here. And at the time I was a, a you know, a, a quasi-vegan vegetarian. I had, you know, virtually no uh, animal protein, you know, very low-fat diet. Uh, and uh, I had a problem, and it wasn't cancer, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was simply very bad allergies and, right. you know, very, very uncomfortable, itchy skin that I had no way of controlling. And already I was an integrative physician and, you know, I tried my whole repertoire on myself and it didn't work. And I went to see him and, uh, you know, after a few minutes, some questions, he said, Ron, uh, you're too alkaline. I said, well, I thought that was that was good. You know, uh, that's the the ultimate goal. And he said, if you're too alkaline, you become very susceptible to allergies. So William Don Kelly taught me that. And, um, so I was metabolically typed, and he said, you need to eat more meat. And I said, well, you know, maybe I can incorporate a couple of times a, a month. I've been at it for 17 years. He said, no, more like a couple of times a day. Better, right. get, better three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I don't know if I can handle that. And he says, you'll be fine. In fact, so I said, right. you know, look, I humored him. I, you know, I did it. My problems vanished, and I haven't looked back since. Uh, right. Uh, because the metabolic typing really worked for me. 
it's amazing, you know, that was part of Kelly's genius that Dr. Gonzalez, you know, learned was that, as you say, usually doctors from conventional to alternative have one diet that's helped them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so and and Kelly did the same thing. He had pancreatic cancer and he went on a vegetarian juicing diet, and juicing, vegan juicing vegan all right. of that. Yeah. And it helped him, cleared him up. So he um, he gave that to all of his patients. And then um, he had a patient come who, you know, he put her on that vegetarian diet. Actually, he married her eventually. Mm -hmm. It was his Mm -hmm. wife eventually. And she just got sicker and sicker and sicker. She she was going into a coma. And he kept trying, you know, tried a little bit less juicing, a little more juicing, a little, uh, you know. And uh, finally, he said, the only thing I haven't tried is meat. Mm-hmm. And he gave her meat, and immediately she began to feel better. And, and he had to that, flip the script completely. He had to completely flip the script, and so she totally recovered. And that was actually my problem too. I was uh, highly allergic and was having all sorts of. I I had a car accident injury that kind of kicked my whole situation off. But at the base of it, I'm way too alkaline. And um, me eating meat two or three times a day is just fine by me. I mean, I you know, and, and I'd been a vegetarian. I hated it. I was just like, oh, not another salad, you know. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so I, I, he was every time I went there, he said, "How are you doing in the diet?" I, I love the diet. I'm just happy, you know, camper here. And so that's the thing that's so hard for people to wrap their heads around is that you know. A, not everybody should be on the same diet, and then B, that there are all of these differences. You know, he's Dr. Gonzalez should say, I have 12 diets and 99 variations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, diet, he had the metabolic typing that he derived and adapted from William Donald Kelly. Uh, he also... Uh, had a whole series of detoxification techniques that he used. He thought right. that, that was very important. Uh, you as a patient, can you describe some of those? Right. The um, there, there are various ones. Like There's a, a colon cleanse and a liver cleanse. You have to do, before you even begin the program, is clear out your liver because he found that, you know, if you were had a toxic liver, it was very hard for you to do the program. And... Um, there, I do apple cider vinegar baths, and but the one that um, really freaks people out is um, coffee enemas, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. and I I find them actually not a problem whatsoever. I find them very relaxing, but you know the thought of the you know the, the thought of them the hype that they've gotten you know it gets it can scare people away from the program, but. Dr. Gonzalez was skeptical of them, too. And then Dr. Kelly said, you know, do some research on them. And he found out that they had been in the Merck manual mm-hmm. until the late 1970s. It's a, traditional, it's a traditional practice. I mean, it's now thought yeah. to be outmoded and, you know, unscientific. Uh, right. But there, there's merit to it. And, and the more research... That's being done on this. Uh, the properties of coffee are really being discovered. Uh, that it has uh, a beneficial effect on on liver diseases. It really does right. help uh, the liver. Uh, that's yeah. That's what he had people are, it for, right? 
people have and, have and apparently it goes back way even to like Florence Nightingale mm-hmm. uh, administered them to the troops and that they helped relieve pain mm-hmm. uh, and so that was that was also interesting to me so um, if you know I'm kind of like well if you haven't tried it don't knock it you know right right <laughs> well that's I mean but I, I must say that uh, to become a patient of Dr. Gonzalez was kind of an extraordinary thing because, right. he, first of all, he carefully selected patients. So it wasn't like, you know, come on down, you know, I'm going to try and fill my <laughs> waiting room. You know, I can make it up uh, with volume here. Uh, right. He, you know, he, he really wanted that, you know, the expression is a few good men and women, right. you know, people right. who were good candidates uh, for his style of, of treatment. Uh, and then when you became a patient, um, you had to st- it was an all or nothing thing. It wasn't like, well, you know, I, I don't know about those coffee enemas, uh, <laughs> right. you know, those vitamins, you know, can you just tell me within three or four of the most important ones and the diet, you know, I can sort of do the diet, but you know, I don't think I can be on such an extreme, you know, juicing program or I can't eat that much. You know, he was like my way or the highway. That's and, right. And you really had to be a very strong personality uh, to exert that degree of um, uh, uh, control and enlist the participation of patients in such a, frankly, a challenging program, right? Right. Oh, it's not for the faint of heart. I, you know, I don't know how many friends who've seen me get so much better over the years on that program, and they say, you know, I think I might go to your doctor. And I'm like, well, we need to have a conversation about that yep. before you can call yep. the doctor. Because people think, you know, it's just like a regular doctor that you go to, you know, once and get a prescription and then go home and pop a pill. It's not like that at all. And in fact, um, with the first time I called there, I had found out about him through um, a friend who'd gone to him for It sounds like you cancer. didn't have cancer. You just had sort of a, a stuck medical no. condition, right? I had he, a very by the way, he did, I think, a, 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 yep. a sizable number of his patients like me did, you know, just had problems that were sort of, um, right. uh, you know, obscure problems that kind of fell between the cracks of medicine. And, That's right. Uh, he know, had a like lot of autoimmune people. Chronic Lyme, Lyme disease. Lyme, Lyme uh, disease, mm-hmm. diabetes, mm-hmm. MS, you know, um, I fell into the chronic fatigue bucket, and uh, you know, as you say, conventional medicine doesn't really have much help for any of those. And so, you know, he he was just like, okay, we're going to crack this nut, you know, and uh, and he he really did. And if things weren't working, he he would change your program. And mm-hmm. my program changed a little bit over the years. It was very interesting to see how he would, you know, tweak it this way or tweak it that way. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a good point at which to pause because we divide our podcast into two parts. Uh, the book in question is entitled The Maverick MD. It's uh, now available for uh, pre-orders or orders uh, just out by mm-hmm. today's guest, Mary Swander, S-W-A-N-D-E-R. And if you want to find out more about uh, Mary Swander, it's got a website, maryswander.com, also agarts.org. Uh, where she's right. an advocate for uh, healthy food systems, uh, which is really um, in line with uh, Dr. Gonzalez's vision, because uh, whether you were consuming a vegan diet or carnivorous diet, uh, he insisted on the highest quality organic foods free of adulterants uh, and impurities. Uh, that was um, something that he was very, very focused on. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment for more of today's discussion uh, on Dr. The Legacy of Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. 
I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.